Today's episode is part two of the exploration of self-confidence or self-esteem. In the first episode, I talked all about how we can boost our confidence, but today's episode is about the struggle of self-confidence. Hello, sweet love. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're listening to Feeling Good with Gwen, and I am your host, Gwen. I'm a functional medicine health and life coach with a passion for finding the missing ingredients in our health and happiness recipe. And today I'm talking about some things that are getting in the way of us living into our most confident self, which impacts pretty much everything we do. So in part one, I I talked about the recipe to boosting our confidence, and I'll share an overview of that at the end. But I really want to talk or lean into the shadows of our self-confidence journey and what gets in our way and kind of just hold some space for that because I think some space needs to be held. And if I'm honest, I had stuff that I needed to say. So the first thing I want to talk about is the very real experience of the ebb and flow of self-confidence. The reality is sometimes we're going to feel like we're doing it and it's working and other times we're going to feel like a waste of space and that's okay. It's a bit tough, but as far as I can tell, it's just part of the journey. And there are a million reasons why this might happen from hormones to lack of sleep or maybe having too many glasses of Chardonnay over the weekend, whatever. It all impacts our self-confidence and our self-esteem. And I kind of want to normalize it. For myself, because this is something I deal with on the regular, and also for you, and really for all of us. Sometimes I feel like I'm doing great. I'm a great mom and wife and friend, and I'm taking care of myself, and I'm doing the work, and things are good, and I feel really positive about life. And perhaps, like, the very next day, I will feel like garbage about myself. Now, I am doing the work to help me move forward and out of this place when I experience it. But it still happens. And I know it happens to most of the people I know and work with. So I wanted to talk about it. And I wanted to normalize it. Because when it's normal, we don't need to get attached to it and let it define us. We can let it move through us like water flowing down a creek. What we do not want to do is make a dam and cause it to pool up and get stuck in our mind. Then get emotionally wrapped up in it, which leads to us sitting in that pool of garbage and only seeing our failures and our weaknesses and what total crap we are. No. Let's not do that, okay? The thoughts, they're going to come up. So you notice them. You imagine them flowing past like a springtime stream or a wave pulling back out into the depths of the ocean. I'm big into water in case you aren't getting that. And let it go into the flow of the stream or getting lost far out into the deepest depths of the sea. Really visualizing it. You notice it come up, you let it move through you, 
and visualize it exiting. We do not need to get hung up in it. That stops us from doing the steps I talked about in the last confidence episode. Okay, I actually feel like this is really big because the less caught up we get in our negative or fearful thoughts, the less likely we are to believe them deeply. And that will help us move back towards creating a strong foundation of self-love or self-esteem or self-confidence or all of those beautiful things. Next up, I wanna talk about attaching our worth to the success or outcome. This is an issue. When we attach our worth or confidence building to achievements or the actual success part of the process, we might be perpetuating the concept that we are only worthy of feeling good about ourselves if we're succeeding. Now, I know this might feel a bit in conflict with my first episode on self-confidence, but if it is, it's just that I didn't explain it right in the first episode. Because yes, it is super important to be building evidence of success and succeeding into our database but it is not at all attached to your self-worth. And if you're trying and you're feeling like you're failing and it's kind of crushing you, I strongly suggest spending some time creating a space between your worth and your outcomes or your value. Ask yourself, if one of my kids fails or someone I love fails, do I think they are a failure and not worthy of love and acceptance and joy and all the good things? Or does it just mean it didn't work out that time and perhaps things need to be adjusted or actually just done a million times before it works? Is that a possibility for me? Do I believe that people need to be perfect and need to nail everything right out of the gates in order to be loved and worthy and accepted? If so, where does that thought come from or belief come from? Now, I'll be honest with you. This is very common. So I really do recommend poking some holes in these thoughts and ideas if you can. Where do these beliefs come from? Are they true? Do I believe them only about myself or also about the people I love? Does this belief serve me somehow? How is this belief serving me? How am I living my life with this belief in place? And who would I be without these beliefs? Some of these questions are from Byron Katie's book, The Work, which even a quick Google search can give you some powerful framework for breaking free from the stories you've been lugging around all your life. So totally worth Googling that business. Ultimately, what we need to know and understand with both our head and our heart is that our self-worth is not dictated by our success or our failures. And that setting ourselves up with tiny goals that we can succeed at over time is a beautiful way to start building trust and confidence, but not an indicator of our self-worth. I think I think maybe it's next week that I have an episode coming out on building self-love. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss that because I'll have a recipe for you for working on that. Now, this bit of sauce is huge when it comes to the ebb and flow of our self-confidence. So 
you want to make sure that you're not attaching your self-esteem or worth to the outcome or succeeding. As in, if you don't nail your tiny goal one day or week, it does not indicate that you are a failure. Instead, focus on the effort and the doing, the actions. This is especially big for my hustlers and my perfectionists and for my entrepreneurs and anyone who is trying to build something in their life that feels big and important. The natural antidote to this is to be sure you are absolutely celebrating your efforts and tracking your progress over a long period of time and noting all the tiny wins every single day, like right now. Babe, what did you succeed at today? Doesn't matter if it's seven in the morning and you only just woke up. You've already succeeded at for sure a few things. Maybe your goal was to do Pilates every day. That's me right now. But you missed yesterday. Also me right now. But maybe you have succeeded in doing Pilates pretty much every day for the last three weeks. Also me right now. And that is worth celebrating and also checking in with the goal. Is it working? Realistic? Does it need adjustments? Maybe one day a week I slash you need to just do the six minute stretch or maybe you need to only do six days a week. Anyways, kind of just digressed into my own kind of actually pretty weak sauce example, but it's what came to mind because that's a mini goal I'm working on right now. Pilates every day for at least 30 days. Of course, the bigger ones can have bigger impact on our self-confidence. But as discussed in part one, these mini goals really do matter. But no matter what, you are worthy. And that you are trying shows you that. Okay, does that make sense to you? Your effort is showing you that you are worthy. And the final one for this little mini episode is to check your thoughts. Naturally, we all have our shadow and our sunshine thoughts. Our shadow or fearful thought center reminds us endlessly that we are useless and a total failure and that we can't do anything and we shouldn't even try because it's never going to work for us. And who do we think we are anyways? Okay, those are our shadows. But then most of us do have the thoughts that are a bit like sunlight shining through the clouds, making what I for some reason call God rays. Do you know what I mean? When the sky is full of big sort of dark rumbly clouds and then maybe there's even a storm out across the valley, but then the clouds part in, a, in just a way that sunshine comes blasting through. It is bonita. And those are like our sunshine thoughts. They tell us we have good ideas and good intentions and we are worthy and we've been working so hard, so why not us? And all those thoughts that feel like hope and joy and good times. The deal is, 
we need to catch what is getting the most airtime in our mind. What thoughts are the loudest? Seriously, think about it right now. What are your first thoughts about your day and who you are in it? What are your thoughts about yourself if things don't seem to work out? Check in. What is on your mind? What is playing over and over and over again? Are they thoughts that are serving you? Do you see that these are at the foundation or core of it all? Of everything. What we think is entirely in our control and yet most often, myself included, just let things run amok up there without any awareness of how they're affecting our life. And actually, studies are showing that our thoughts also impact our health, which is not actually surprising, but it's powerful information to have as we navigate the mess that can be our mind. So what are your loudest thoughts and are they serving you? Working at this will change everything in your life and still the ebb and flow is real. So loop back to the top if you need to. So I thought I was done, but I do have one other thing I want to touch on and that's who are you hanging out with? You've probably heard some version of, we are the sum of the five people we spend the most time with. I think this is attributed to a guy named Jim, Jim Rohn. Not, not entirely sure. And I sometimes wonder about it because I spend most of my time with a seven and a 10 year old. So who knows what's that, what that says about me or how that's working out. But is your closest network of people supportive of you? or of the changes or mini goals or life goals that you have inside of you? Do you feel like you have a safe and encouraging place to share and celebrate and brainstorm ideas? I know I keep saying everything is huge, but this is huge. We need people or a person at least who can do this for us and with us. So we feel seen and heard and celebrated and we feel safe and willing to share and explore our life experiences and where we want to get to and what we want to do. So we can push ourselves in a way that feels like we have someone there that's going to support us when we're questioning what the hell we're doing or if we're even worthy of it. So of course, I truly believe that having a coach is spectacular, but it's also not essential if it's not where you're at right now, but be sure to look around you. And if you don't have a friend group or a family member that holds space for your growth, seek out new people. And I know it can be scary and feel super awkward and like just really freaking uncomfortable. I get it. But love, there are 8 billion of us here. So no matter what, no matter what your thoughts are or what your process is or what you're going through or what you're thinking or anything, you are not alone. In whatever season you're in, you are not alone. Okay, so this is kind of just a shorty, I guess, but in turbo recap, numero uno. I don't know why I said that. Number one, number one. We are going to have the ebb and flow of self-confidence. This is just part of the experience of life, I think. 
And the mission here is to notice the thoughts and imagine them flowing through us and away. No attachment, no buildings of building of dams and sitting in that messy stew, okay? They come and they go. Number two, it is super important to be building evidence of success and succeeding into our database, absolutely. But it is not at all attached to your self-worth. The work here is to break away from ideas of perfectionism and make sure you are celebrating your efforts and your long haul progress. Number three, check your thoughts. What's on loop? What are the loudest things in your head these days? And are they serving you? You wanna be getting curious here and really questioning what's going on in the old thought box and then poke some holes in them or let them flow out into the depths of the sea. Again, with the water quote words, I don't know what's happening. Unexpected number four, who are you hanging out with? You want to make sure that you have support and a safe place to share and grow and expand as a human. Because seriously, we do better when we do shit together. There's just no denying it. We do better when we have support we do better when we feel seen and heard and we, when we feel safe. We do better when someone else can be the wind in our sails when we need it. We do better when, you know, I think about my own coach and I can just be vulnerable with her and kind of pour out all my fears and failures and concerns. And she's just there holding that space and then... I don't know. It's probably part of, it's a bit like the release of the creek, you know? Once you've said them all out loud and someone's just held space for them with no judgment, that's a real release. Anyways, so let me know if any of these jump out for you by coming and hanging out with me on social media at Gwen Johnson Official because I absolutely love hearing from you always. And in mini recap of the first confidence building episode. Um, I'm going to go through them really quickly, but please, if this is an area you want to lean into or build up, head back to that episode and have a listen to the full thing. I don't, I think it's only like 20 minutes long and I will add a link in the show notes. So number one, confidence comes from succeeding at things. This means we need to set tiny, small goals for ourselves that we can actually succeed at. So just a tiny fraction out of our comfort zone because we want to be succeeding at the thing. That's the magical part. Number two, confidence comes from being in action. This means we need to do things. <laughs> we need to be doing things to create change, which of course feeds into number one. Number three, Confidence comes from building trust with ourselves. The process of building trust with ourselves creates confidence. See number one and two. This is huge when, if you think about having a friend who constantly lets you down or, or not lets you down, but who constantly just doesn't show up for you when you need them, who is not reliable. 
This is not the kind of person that you are confident in. And yet that's how we treat ourselves. So we end up having this real lack of trust with ourselves. It's not someone you would want to be friends with. You want to be friends with yourself. Okay, just get that straight. Number four, confidence comes from celebrating our achievements. This is how we actually create the emotional response that helps us feel successful. So freaking important, okay? I know so many people feel like a total ding dong when I'm like, you gotta celebrate it. Whatever tiny achievement you're doing, gotta celebrate it. They're like, whatever, Gwen. And I'm like, no, this is the most important part of the recipe. If you don't celebrate it, you're not gonna keep doing it. And if you don't keep doing it, you're not gonna be building trust. You're not gonna be in action and you're not gonna be succeeding. Okay, so celebrate. This is a little bit of a rant at you, sorry. Number five, confidence comes from making decisions. And when we hone our decision-making skills, we connect to our intuition, our instinct, and we build trust with ourselves. See number one, two, three, and four. (sighs) Making decisions, it's a muscle. How do we do it? We practice. Tiny things. Make them, own them, live with the consequences, deal with it, keep learning, keep going. Make decisions. And just as a tiny digression, I have struggled with making decisions. I've struggled with all of this. That's why I made this episode and this next episode. That's just how it is. Now, that's just a quick overview from that first episode. So if that made your brain open up with like a little sliver of curiosity, jump back and listen to the full episode to learn more. As for today, thank you for listening and for being here. You really are spectacular. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any ingredients for your health and happiness journey. Share with your awesome friend who supports you. And if you wanna hang out with me a bit more, please join me on Instagram at Gwen Johnson official. I think I already said that for just regular bits and kind of boosts of goodness. Kindness for a million days and more. And do not forget that no matter what, you are already worthy enough and loved.